This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, did we see that coming, guys? We're going live now, yeah, we're a little bit early, but uh, let's crack on with it. Um, final score then at the Riverside, uh, Middlesbrough 1, City um, 3. Uh, start with you, uh, Dave. Uh, we'll go through the game in a bit more detail, but quick wrap in 20 seconds. What did you think of it? Well, that was a bit different, wasn't it? That was, uh, really, that was really good. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, sorry, food just being delivered. That's all right. Don't worry about that. It's all <laughs> yeah, part no, of the much, formality of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, much, much better. Didn't see that coming. I uh, thought we might might scrape a point there today, but uh, to to win and win convincingly was uh, was a uh, really good. And and Peter, what were your what were your thoughts? I thought the players played with a great deal of um, ability and flair. Their nervousness seems to have gone. We know they had a good result in them, just waiting to get out. This is it, I suspect. Um, they were always capable of going away and getting points. We know that their travels have always been quite productive this season. That was good flowing football. Um, just a, a, a word of caution, though, before I get too enthusiastic. I thought Borough were poor. Personally, individually, each one of their players was poor. I don't yeah. think one of their players stood out. Uh, apart from the Herbert, who was quite good at lobbing it with two hands. Uh, yeah, uh, I made a, I made a note of that early on. I think that was uh, Malcolm Shotton, who's yeah. uh, been around a fair bit. I mean, let's go through the action then, uh, sort of going right back to the startup, guys. What did you uh, think of the lineup? Uh, back three, I know we call it a five, but Callas, Benko, and Baker, twenty-eight million pounds worth of talent based on last. Uh, Transfer of values was that uh, a, a lineup that you were uh, expecting? I think it was the same as Hull, wasn't it? To begin with, yes, yeah, un- unchanged. I thought, yeah, th- absolutely, exactly the exactly the same uh, starting lineup as Hull. Um, I, I think I said pre-game. I thought it was good to see um, Dean Hall and give people a chance just to kind of keep familiarising themselves with the system, and I think it paid dividends today. Yeah, most definitely. And it looked a little bit lightweight in midfield if you looked at the way he played Vyman, Smith and Pato. Yeah, I mean, Smith was inconspicuous through the game, probably because he was doing things right. But let's go back to that first goal. And uh, it was set up by uh, Andy Vyman. And uh, Dave, what a finish by Naki Wells. I mean, I don't know what how many goals he's got for us now in uh, so many games, but uh, what a finish and what a goal. Yeah, I think it's... Five in, in in ten starts now, or ten games in in total. That that goal was kind of reminiscent of Gerard, but from the other side, where he kind of it's almost the ball's half behind him, and he kind of curls it round in, into the into the far corner. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and gave us a real boost after a, a positive start. Yeah, and what did you think of that goal, Peter? How did you view it? I thought it was beautifully clinical. The, the Borough players hadn't got themselves set in any way, shape, or form. Wyman's movement and the deception. Uh, of him playing the ball back, which just wasn't expected at all. Uh, and they, uh, and you, you looked at that, and there were about five Borough defenders, statuesque, didn't move. Yeah. I, uh, and I'll tell you what, I have to say that Wyman, you know, just jumping ahead, 
He provided the assists for all three goals. He did. No, I've written that and I put exclamation marks because I've been a big uh, critic of his. But uh, again, we'll talk more about that later on. Um, uh, Fam had a chance uh, just after that opening goal, a good save at the near uh, post. And then I thought uh, when they got their first corner, which caused a few problems, it looked like the bloke jumped on Vyman's back. Uh, did, you, did you see that one, Dave? You know, when we had our first uh, bit of defending to do. I think there was a, a lot of stuff going on in the box. I think the, you know their tactic was let's get it in underneath the keeper. Um, understandable, probably with, with Bentley, it's probably not his, his strength. And I think you know you just got lots of bodies in there, and you know you're gonna gonna see things in there probably as the as the or as the the biased Bristol City fan. You're probably gonna think that you know there's more going on from Middlesbrough players than ours. But I thought it was pretty fairly contested in there and. Uh, it didn't cause us as much problem as perhaps that they thought they would with, you know. No, no. I thought we were particularly dominant in the first half. And I, I looked at the possession at different stages through the game. And uh, in the first 20 minutes, we were at 71%, which for City is uh, is abnormally high. Um, the uh, Jack Hunt, he had an interesting game today. I, I made a note on the 30th uh, minute, a lucky rebound in midfield, put him clean through. Uh, Dave, he should have scored with that one, shouldn't he? Yeah, he didn't. He... He, he brought a save, but he had more time to take it forward. Yeah, I think he probably needed to take a touch, commit the keeper, and then, you know, if he, if he couldn't take the shot on himself, there was probably a ball to be kind of rolled rolled along, you know, six or eight yards out for, for someone else to tap in. But, yeah, if he just kind of typical kind of fullback in, in zones they're not used to and uh, probably had a bit of a rush of blood. Yeah, do you recall that one, uh, Peter, when uh, he, he looked clean through there? It, it, I thought that was going to be another goal. Yeah, I, I thought to myself he should have taken it to the byline and pulled it back himself. But then, you know, he, he, Jack Hunt has had particular success this season in, you know, in, in his strikes. Um, so, yeah, I forgave him for that one momentarily. Um, one of the interesting things about that performance, are, are we now up to 11th? Are we jumping? Uh, I think we are. We'll, look at, the, uh, we'll yeah. look at the league table and the points in a minute. Let's talk about that second goal, though. What a... What a cracking uh, effort it was. You wouldn't call it so much a counter-attack, but a well-worked goal from the back. Bentley took his time, rolled it to Hunt, Hunt to Vyman, Vyman out to Pato, cracking goal straight into uh, the corner. Um, a goal of class, Dave. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm right in thinking it actually came from one of their corners and we broke. But, it uh, did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we managed to get the ball into, I think Hunt broke free. And obviously on the TV, you can't see movement. And I'm thinking, find the black shirt with this ball, Jack. And he found Hunt, uh, sorry, Vyman in space on the halfway line. Vyman turned, got a bit stuck under his feet, but managed to wriggle away from his player. Played the ball out from Pato. And then Pato kind of had his man squared up, did him on the outside. And I think originally, I, I thought it was perhaps a, a bit of a toe poke, but um, it was a, a pretty a pretty clean strike when I saw it back and the keeper had no chance. Fantastic transition. Yeah, and somebody else has joined us in the studio. Uh, Dan, that second goal for City, yeah. a crucial time, three minutes before uh, the interval. How did you see that? I, I thought it was a great bit of play. Like like Dave said, I thought as soon as Bentley rolled it out to Hunt, I was like, please find a black player. And thankfully, it was a great finish from Patterson, to be honest, from a tight angle. But the keeper should have, their keeper should have done better with that, to be honest. But I'll tune it up at half, near half time. I'll take that all day long. 
Peter, we had a chance to make it 3-0 just before half-time, didn't we? When uh, Naki Wells, who uh, looked like the player that we played £5 million a day, but he had a good chance and he uh, skied it right over the top. I mean, that would have put us in an unassailable <laughs> position, wouldn't it, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, again, forgivable on, on the performance overall today. Just to go back on that second goal, Dave, that was a piece that was really honed on the training pitch where you are quick, with your decision-making, quick and accurate with your passing. I counted, what, four players from uh, keeper rolling it out to, to Hunt, to uh, Wyman, to Patterson. And, you know, there are about 11 touches from the keeper to the other keeper picking it out of his goal. And he beat, I mean, beat the keeper, I think, on his near post. Yes, um, he did. Exceptional, exceptional talent. And, you know, you go back and you think... You know, sometimes when you're watching City and thinking, where the bloody LOR goal is going to come from? Yeah. And then they perform, you know, almost, well, it was beautiful. It was balletic in its... In, 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 well, he followed beauty. up that free kick in midweek with another uh, with another uh, cracking goal. Um, yeah. Uh, Half-time, 2-0, could have been three. Convincing, more convincing than we've played in uh, the vast majority of games this season. Into the second half... Not quite the uh, same thrills about it. And 2-0 is a dangerous score, Dave, isn't it? Yeah, because, you know, you let one in, you start panicking. Do you go looking? Do you bring them on to you? I mean, what were your thoughts on the second half before we talk about that uh, third goal that went in critically on, the, I think it was the 72nd minute? Yeah, I, I think it was fairly even for, for much of that kind of first quarter of an hour of the second half. We didn't look particularly in any trouble. We looked like we were pretty well disciplined. Um, we perhaps were just trying to play a little bit too pretty at times and, and maybe giving the ball away. And then I think um, Warnock made his double sub with Fletcher and Shotton coming off and Roberts and Tavernier coming on. And, and they switched mm -hmm. to 4-4-2. Um, and I think it just created them a, a, a bit more in those wide positions, and certainly Roberts came on and, and gave Silva, you know, I wouldn't say a torrid time, but he, he was more uncomfortable afternoon than what he'd yeah. had. And so and I thought we kind of weathered it at that point. I, I made some notes and I, I kind of said 67 to 72nd minute, it looked like we're soaking it up nicely. And, and then. And did that double substitution, did that come before our third goal? Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. It did. So maybe, you know, they did it for the right reason. But then that third goal, I think it was uh, 72nd minute that that went in. And I can't remember who passed it to Vyman, but that was a sublime ball, uh, Peter, that uh, Vyman put through to Naki Wells. And that was a typical Naki Wells type finish, wasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, that that was interesting. The change uh, that, um, you know, uh, uh, Warnock uh, perfected. You know, and you, I was thinking, well, what's the effect impact going to be? There didn't seem to be any impact. He changed his he changed his formation, changed his players, but you know, it was really ineffective. And I thought that was the great credit to the way City also adjusted, soaked up the pressure, and didn't let that get to them in any way, shape, or form. And the third goal, well, you know, you were you were you were willing that, not expecting it. I was very relieved to see it go in. Yeah, as your cat was as well, by the sound of it. Oh, she was, yeah. she, was, she, she was over the sofa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, how did you see that uh, third goal? It was uh, another one created by uh, Vyman, uh, but yeah. well finished by, um, by Naki. Yeah, I thought um, Vyman had a good game today, to be honest. I didn't really did too much wrong. And that ball, and as soon as Naki Wells got the ball through, I knew it was going to be a goal. It just took, like, 
it seemed like an age before it went across the line, but I'm really glad it did. It did and, go bobbling yeah. across, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, it's just really good to get the, the win, really, another win, and... Yeah, it's fantastic. And and uh, Dave, that third goal. How did you how did you see uh, how did you see that? Um, yeah, I think it was a bit of you know good determination from Vyman in the middle of the park. I think he he won the ball on the stretch and then obviously went for goal. Just about dinked the ball past the defender and, and you know Wells is in and that's probably what you bought Naki Wells for is goals like that rather than perhaps his first one today. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and their goal when it came, their goal when it came, eighty-second minute. Before we talk about the goal, let's talk about the player who scored it, Britta Sombolonga, uh, a player that you know we have been linked with in the past. Uh, it was a good finish from him, wasn't it? He created space in the box. You couldn't blame uh, Bentley, who I thought had a better game today. You couldn't blame uh, Bentley for the goal. But uh, how did you see the goal, Dave? Um, yeah, I think I saw the, the replay from behind the goal and I think it went through Corey Smith's legs and that was either Nathan Baker or uh, Thomas Callas, one of, one of the two defenders, went through both of their legs, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, not a lot Bentley could do about that. A bit frustrating not to get a clean sheet, but, you know. Yeah. So we sort, of play, we sort of played the game out after that, really. And, and, and now we get to the analysing it. I mean, one of the things that I wrote down here, uh, the players seem to have smiles on their faces yeah they seem to be enjoying themselves i put uh, i put de silva look more like him old, his old self a couple of times he went on some really really good runs yeah and i was reading uh, some of the feeds coming through from uh, fans on uh, otib was lj's problem that he analyzed things so much that he made the players afraid to get things wrong. Dave, let me put that one to you, first of all, you know, because this was this was a Bristol City side playing more expressively than we've seen and sticking to the formation right the way through the game, save some substitutions, which we don't need to mention, but uh, a different Bristol City, uh, Dave. Yeah, I think there are various points out there today where previously, and we've had, you know, the Hunt will get a ball on, on the right touch line and... He'll be pressed and there'll be nowhere for him to go other than maybe clip it back to someone like Callas to, to, to boot it forward. Today, he had Benkovic come in to give him an option and actually was just dragging someone out and he knocked a nice, simple ball 20 yards inside the Callas. We retained possession. We went back out the other side to Baker and we did that kind of thing all, all game. And yeah. I just got a sense under, under Johnson that we were massively rigid in the way we played in, in terms of if the ball's in position X, player Y has to be in position Z, and you know, and that's what and, you know, and, and that kind of was all over the pitch. Not giving any of the players the kind of freedom, the instinct to do what has made them great, you know, very good players in the first place. It's almost like you know, this is the method, and we must follow it. And today, there there was much more fluidity. I think you mentioned at the start, you know, Corey Smith had quite a quiet game, and and he did in terms of on the ball, but the number of times. In those opening twenty minutes, himself, Patton, and Vaughan just rotated around, simple yeah. pass, kept the ball, moved it, created a space for someone else, and we kept. We didn't just keep possession; we kept solid possession, and we were moving forward at the same time. And that was the difference today. Just, just finally on that kind of point at the start of the game, uh, our good old friend Ian and myself were having a bit of banter on Twitter because Ian was very much, you know, why is he playing Vyman today? And I, and my kind of view was, well. Maybe it's not a case of bombing a player out after one bad game. Maybe it's mm. less work on what didn't go go very well on the training ground. Let's improve it, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to give you another chance. And 
if any player really kind of typified that today, that was... It certainly final. was him. It certainly was him. Dan, um, what were your thoughts? Players playing with a smile on their faces today, yeah? Yeah, we look, we look to play... We look, like, we look more a sense of freedom today, Dave, to be honest with you. Like, we had Ryman and Patterson interchanging with nice, neat, crisp passing, fluid throughout. I, yeah, we... They are playing with a smile on their face. It, it seems like they were overcoached too much, like Dave yeah. maybe pointed out. So it's nice to see that today. Peter, um, defend defensively, we look sad. I mean, there were some great saving tackles by uh, one in particular, I recall, Nathan Baker, late on in a game, uh, you know, where he, the, the players seem to be throwing themselves as though their lives depended on it, which is what you'd expect this stage of the season if we were still in with a shout. Which well, we are. We'll come on to that in a minute. But uh, you know, all across the team, there were good performances, weren't there? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't exactly Rook's drift. Um, you know, uh, apart from the uh, the aerial balls coming in, they, you know, we weathered that storm that Middlesbrough put up quite well. And there's one underlying word that I think I'd like to uh, give every player: they were very efficient. You know, yeah. they were. You know, they were effective perhaps, and they were also efficient. Everything they did worked. They were making space for each other and it, they played a very simple game. Football is simple and that they personified it today. That was a very effective and efficient away performance. And, and I think that's the, the typifies some of the earliest earlier performances we saw in the season. So they, they really got their mojo back. They've always been capable of that. Uh, and, and I'm a bit concerned as to how they lost that. Well, that's right. Yeah, sorry, Dave, you were going to sorry, jump in. Yeah, yeah. yeah just going to chip in. I, there was a couple of other things that I, I picked up out, out there as well today. Um, in that spell, probably around the kind of half hour mark where Borough were bombarding us with, with high balls into the box, and we probably weren't getting great great possession. Wells dropped into into the midfield for only about four or five minutes, and we, we ended up kind of going almost like 5 4 1, just mm-hmm. till we re established kind of our control on the game again. And that's yeah. something that I've not necessarily seen us do before. And it's almost, yeah, we're just under the cosh here. Let's just let's weather this. Let's 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 just settle in. Let's get the ball back and let's start playing again. But let's do it from a solid base. And I think we, we did things like that really well today. Yeah. Let's look at the men who are sat on the touchline today. I don't know if Ashley Williams was watching it from the high point because Dean Holden did have a headpiece on. Um, we've got Holden there, who seemed alert and active. Uh, not too many arm wavings going on. Jamie, Jamie McAllister sat on the bench a few times, I noticed, looking less involved. It's interesting that they made Holden caretaker rather than a city have done in days gone by joint caretaker. Um, how did you, did any of you guys keep an eye on Holden and see if he was different to uh, Johnson from the touchline? Uh, Pete, I'll ask you that one first. Did you anything different in terms of how we appear to be managing the game from the sideline? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Uh, normally, I always thought of Holden being the guy sitting back, very reserved, taking a slightly higher vantage point. Uh, he was down on the touchline most of the time, um, and I, I was I was anxious to see a bit of sparring between him and. Um, Mr. Warnock, there wasn't any. In fact, just looking at that again, I was very, very, uh, very worried about the subdued performance of, of Mr. Warnock. What Do you know what? That's exactly what I was going to say there. Warnock just seemed subdued. resigned to Yeah, defeat. I mean, 
it was it was a question of well where was the windmill uh, you know uh, that that we know and the absolute barking dog you know that that yeah. uh, that, that Warnock can be and he was almost pacified and I and I was paying a bit more attention to him looking at the the, the people that he'd imported and they looked dead on their feet they looked their body language was appalling and yet I looked at Holden uh, smart crisp effective efficient business like. Yeah, no, that's good, Dave. How did you view the the man on the uh, the man on the sidelines? Yeah, pr- pr- pretty similar actually. Um, the one thing that I kind of picked out was Holden didn't seem to be anywhere near where Warnock would be. You know, no need to have any kind of slanging matches on the tu- on the touchline. Just stay away, concentrate on your own team, and I, and I think he did it pretty brilliantly today. Yeah, from that point of view, and and Dan, how did you uh, view the performance of uh, of Dean Holden, if you can call it a performance? Just stood on the the touchline. I mean, the substitution. I was a bit surprised that the first one he made was uh, O'Dowda coming on, but uh, overall, uh, Dan, did you see? Uh, do you think uh, Holden managed it well? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Dave, to be fair, I, I agree with the other comments as well. No one just. Dan. Look, I expected to see a bit more oomph in him, to be honest. And they didn't, you know, and Dean Olden just, you know, done what he had to do effectively, yeah. efficiently, and like Peter said, business like really. But I was surprised at Warnock being very like defeatist. Yeah, he looked very just not like Neil Warnock, if, if you know what I mean. Yes, I do. And Ian's joined us uh, in the room now, and we're not going to recap on the, the game again. But we were just talking about the the touchline antics of Holden. He seemed quite quietly confident and didn't seem to be sharing that much with Jamie McAllister I didn't think who seemed to be on the bench quite a lot of the uh, a lot of the time what are your thoughts Ian on the on that just that particular point I think uh, well, I saw McAllister having a conversation with a couple of the substitutes before they came on and went and I saw Holden talking to the players during the drinks break they look quite calm quite organized I mean having met both people they're normally quite calm and sensible people um, and uh, I think that's what modern players need. I don't think your modern player is going to react that well to a screaming skull. Uh, I don't think any of us do. It doesn't work in management these days, and it's, I, I don't think it works so much in football. You've got to be more the arm round the shoulder, sensible, intelligent type, and then people will, hopefully, they'll respond to you in the right way. Yeah. OK, guys, let's look at the results this weekend or this round of fixtures, as they call it. Last night, we saw uh, Fulham beat Cardiff by two goals to nil. Lunchtime today, we saw Brentford arguably uh, worthy of taking one of the top two places, uh, give Derby a good beating and courtesy of uh, Agent Hamer, who let one slip under him. Um, so that was Derby and Cardiff both losing. Uh, the other key results this afternoon, Blackburn did come back against West Brom. Millwall, that was the only result that went against us. They got a 1-0 win at Hull. Preston drew with Forrest. Let's look at the league table. Uh, and I'm going to come to, uh, to Dave first after this. Here we are now, three games to go. 61 points, us in 11th. Derby, 61 in 10th. Millwall, 62. Preston, 62. Swansea, 63. Swansea playing, I think it's Leeds tomorrow. And then Cardiff there on 64. Dave, is it on? Um, not going to say it's on, but there's still a, a glimmer of hope out, out there, I think. You know, 
before this game, I'd quite a lot of look at the fixtures of this weekend, and, and you sit there thinking, you know, if this one goes our way and that <laughs> one goes our way, then you know, oh, what, you know, and then you think, oh, but then we've got to go to Middlesbrough and uh, do what we did today, and we did it really well, and so we're 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 still in it, and actually. The midweek fixtures are, are really interesting. Well, well. we come on to we come on to those. Yeah. Let's come on to those so, in a minute. So, yeah. So, yeah, so we're yeah. we're we're in. We've given ourselves some hope. Yeah, Peter. It is the hope that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's calm and businesslike. Um, uh, if you like, performances. Um, you know, Holden is establishing himself as a. You know, his first um, championship management, um, uh, if you like, position. Uh, he wants to do well. The board obviously want to, uh, you know, provide him with as much support as possible. And wonderfully, there is no um, background noise of the next appointment. And I think that's quite important. If that yeah. takes place in a complete vacuum, it allows Holden to get the best out of the players. The players are playing for their pride, their performance, their bonuses, and most importantly, renewal of contracts. Or yeah. sadly, with fam perhaps elsewhere, they're yeah. all playing to their best. Let's keep it like that. And as they say, next game as it comes, um, who, who is it? Stoke on Wednesday? Is that That's right. right. We look at we look at the fixtures for us and the others yeah. uh, next week. Uh, Dan, do you think that the dream is still alive? If you can call it a dream, playoffs. Oh, we'd like City to give you hope and then to take it away. Um, <laughs> you, you can say it's still on, but I think it's, it'd be an uphill task, I, I, in my opinion. To, yeah. To, to and Ian, Ian, what do you? And Ian, what do you what do you what do you think? As Peter said, it's uh, Peter and uh, Dan said, it's a hope that kills. But uh, you know, there's still hope, isn't there? Well, at the start, of, very start of the season, and um, people know this. I said that if our ability to get in the playoffs, because I never thought we had the side to um, to win it. Yeah. I said if our ability to get in the playoffs, if it's still in our hands, the last game of the season, I'd settle for that, and I I won't change from that. I think we're going to need to win all three. Oh, absolutely! Particularly the game at Swansea, which is a real six pointer. Mm. So you, you've got that would be nine points, that would be seventy, and that would be the lowest amount in ten years to get to sixth get place. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, oh, sorry. by the way, looking at the, the next manager in the noise, the odds on Chris Hewton now uh, are one to one. So he's really right out. We're going to come on to the manager piece in a minute. I mean, looking at the fixtures um, or looking at the positions in the league, if our results mirror, well, if our results mirror Swansea and Preston, if we beat and we're playing both of them, so if our other results, other than those, we would finish above those two. So I think the sides that we've got to be worried about are Millwall, Derby and Cardiff. And let's look at those next lot of fixtures looking into um, next week, because we know tomorrow Swansea leads. And we really want a draw or a Leeds win into next week, Tuesday, Cardiff versus Derby. Well, what do we want? What would we want? Let's let's talk about these individually. Dave, Cardiff Derby. I guess you want a draw there, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we certainly don't want a Cardiff win. That's, that's yeah. Millwall Blackburn. Draw. Draw there. Yeah. Although we're now above Blackburn, so. Yeah. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Brentford Preston. Yeah. 
Well, we want Brentford to win that, Brentford. don't we? Or a draw. Yeah, we want them to win by lots as well, don't we? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, and then Nottingham Forest versus Swansea. So we want Forest to win that because then they're they're, uh, they're nowhere uh, nowhere near us. Right. Let's move on then to as as uh, one of you guys said a moment ago. There's not a lot of talk going on with the manager uh, or the replacement head coach or whatever you want to call it. Um, and before I do that, a couple of people who've been uh, listening uh, to us like to pick up what comments are saying. Our Colin Five, he's just said, just a shame we weren't responsible for sacking Warnock twice in one season. I think he's only, I don't think he's going to get sacked from uh, Borough this early on. But look, let's look at the manager situation. Uh, Dave, I think Ian's just advised us that Chris Hewton is uh, even money for it now. Uh, while we were watching the game, Steve Gerrard was sort of one of media, not the most reliable sense. Steve Gerrard's being lined up to take over. Daily Mail today, big piece in there about the job, but John Terry is interested. Dave, some of the names that, you know, will whet the fans' appetite are coming to the fore. If you had to put your money on now, would it be Chris Hewton? Or do you think there is truth in, I wouldn't want Terry, but Steve Gerrard coming, well, we'd be Steve Gerrard's Bristol City, wouldn't we? But what are your thoughts, Dave, on the, the manager situation? Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this a little bit already, but the there's kind of the top hierarchy of managers that we're probably interested in and who might be interested in us, you know, Kanovich and things like that. Hewton's still right up there for me. The fact that he's even money, I think he was perhaps odds on at some point earlier on today as well, shows that, you know, he's well in the frame. Player, um, managers like Gerard, I, I think... There's some worry from City fans that he'll get the job and he'll be gone within two years because he'll be at Liverpool. Well, if he but if he got us to the Prem in two years, then job done, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I think that was going to be my point. That you've got two years. If you've done a good job here, you probably rightly take the Liverpool job. If you, you know, and that probably means that we've been successful in the in that two year period as well, which I take. And I think sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if he got us up, let's say he got us up next year and kept us up, then. You know, because Klopp's not going anywhere fast, I don't think quickly. But if Gerard <laughs> did that, that would be a, a good platform for it, wouldn't it? P- Peter, I mean, do you have a view on uh, Gerard getting the role, or is that uh, pipe dream well, even contemplating? Well, uh, well, there is a bit of a how can I put a checkered history of um, English managers or, or Scottish managers coming south. And, of course, the standout one is Alex Ferguson. But, by goodness me, there are an awful lot of people who've come down and uh, take a, done an, ab, an abject job of, 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 manage, of the transition between the Scottish uh, leagues uh, and uh, the Championship and the Premiership. So, you know, really, is, is, is Gerard really ready for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan, one of the you, Dan yeah, sorry, go on, Dave. You were saying, Dave. Or Ian, Ian, go on. One Dave. of the... Well, one of the questions is, would Stephen Gerrard lead Glasgow Rangers to come to Bristol City? And um, to give you some idea, that like Stephen Gerrard's seven to one, and Dean Holden's nine to one. Mm. So I don't, I don't think there's a great deal of John Terry's eighteen to one. Yeah. But I don't think there's a, a, a great deal. If you go outside the the, the second best bet, uh, is Ryan Lowe at five to two. And when you think that Ryan Lowe wouldn't have even been promoted if the season had finished a week earlier. Um, then I, I think you need to be a bit careful with bringing somebody in like that. But it is a very Lansdowne thing to do. Yeah. 
Yep. And Dan, do you think which way do you think the pen is going to go? Ambitious on paper, because Gerard looks ambitious on paper. He's not got the track record. Or do you think they'll do typical Bristol City and budget appointment? What's what's your view? Um, well, I wouldn't. I I understand the Gerard one, but I wouldn't. I, I want a bit of longevity there. And if you know he's only here for two years and then he goes to Liverpool, which will probably happen, I would like to see us go for Chris Hewitt, as you know Ian has said and many others have said. Cause I think Lee Jones has taken us so far. Chris Hewitt would be able to take us that next step, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Peter, do you think Lansdowne might be tempted if Holden, let's say Holden wins an X3, gets us to the playoffs and we go out to Brentford because that's who we're more than likely going to be, if we did get there, they're going to be third. I hope they go up because I think they could yeah. get it. But, you know, yeah, do you think we, do you think he would, Lanzo would be tempted to say, well, look, Dean took us this far. Let's give him a go. What do we, what do we think about that? Anybody? Well, that would be the cautious and paternalistic way that, um, you, you know, you could understand that decision. But, you know, you have to then look at how far Lee Johnson took us. You know, the advances we made as a club under not only Lee Johnson, but also the whole supporting team around him. And I think the supporters are looking for that same leap in the next three years, four years. And I'm not sure, you know, the jury's out that, um, you know, Dean Holden's first managerial appointment is is actually the right place to um, you know it, to go. It's a good sentiment. Sentiment winner, Ian. Do you think? And again, we've had Lansdowne do this. I think in the past, yeah. Because when Tinian uh, when Tinian wanted, um, I think it, was it Tinian had Millen as his assistant. I can't remember. And I think he did. But do you think Lansdowne might say to whoever gets a manager's job, look, uh, young man or person? Uh, these two guys here, because I think McAllister will, will go, but Dean McAllister will go wherever Johnson goes, I think. But Dean Holden, uh, he's a good chap. You've got to have him as your number two. Do you think, uh, do you think uh, Ian, that that could happen and that might impair a certain type of manager coming on board? Yeah, I'm not buying the, the progress thing that Pete was going on about. I, mean, I can see the off-the-field progress about, you know, with the stadium and the new training ground. I get that. But that's not down to Lee Johnson. Um, I, I think he, he has made us, if you what if you want to call it that, between him and Ashton, more uh, professional and presentable to the outside world. But I don't think the progress, given the investment, has been fantastic. But on the subject, I think if he wins the next five games, gets us to the playoffs, I think what he might say, and we'll assume that the new manager is, has been appointed by then, and anybody with half a brain... You know, if you win five games on the trot, isn't going to come in and make sweeping changes. He's going to basically sit in the stand and say, "Right, okay, you got him there. I'll help you out." But you know, let's let's go, you let's go on with what we're doing. But I think the point that you made about Steve Lansdowne saying, "Well, look, whoever gets the job, Dean Olden's your assistant." Um, I, I think that he, he would do that. That seems to be the type of thing because the whole idea with this, with you know, with Ashton is CEO, stroke director of football. Um, the, the whole idea is if the manager goes, he doesn't take everybody with him. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know, um, I, I think it'd be a, 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 a quite a good thing in terms of the stability around the place to have, you know, the new guy come in. And obviously, he's, he, you have to see if he can work um, 
uh, with Holden and Holden can work with him because, you know, they might meet the first day and hate the sight of each other. And that's happened to me in business. I'm sure it's happened to other people. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, okay, guys. Just out of interest, just, David. Yeah, David, just a quick, just a quick uh, thought. I, I think Dean Holden has a lot of promise and a lot of potential. I just think this is is a little bit too early for him in his career. But make no yeah. mean, make no, you know, by no means, uh, you know, I think we're going to look at Dean Holden in the future and think, mm, yeah, interesting. You know, it's a bit like a McLaren and a Dyche. Um, you, you know, oh, okay, they played for us. Well, Holden, he learned a lot of his skills with us. And I, yeah. well, I think he'll go on to great things. Okay. I just want, so, I just want to chip in there, Dave. Dave. Yeah, you come in. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just with, just with a, I think, three points on, on, on Dean Holden. One, he's not done himself any you know, bad things in, in these, these couple of games so far nope. in terms of hanging around at the club if a new man comes in and thinks, actually, I wouldn't mind some stability. Yeah. Secondly, I don't think he's done, done himself any harm in terms of putting himself in a shop window for any roles outside of Bristol City. He was touted for, for Bolton a couple of he weeks was. ago as yes, well. He was. So, so I don't think he's done himself any harm there. And three, I think he's actually, in, in two games, showed that actually Bristol City have got a decent, decent group of players here. And actually, any new manager coming in might actually feel more attracted to the club having seen two positive performances. So I think he's done yeah. some really good things. No, I think that's a very good point. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. We've been uh, we've been doing this for uh, thirty eight minutes now. I think uh, I'd like to keep these nice and uh, well. This isn't that short, but uh, quick one uh, one 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 word answers from uh, each of you. Um, will we know the new manager before the last game of the season? I'll go to Dan first. Will we know the new manager before the last game of the season, or do you think? Well, and the last game, I mean the Preston game. Okay, will we know before the Preston game, Dan? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Yeah. You think we will, uh, yeah. Peter? No, uh, I yeah. think it's going to go to uh, go to uh, pass the line, so to speak. Um, Ian, depends on results. Correct. Good point. Yeah, and finally, yeah. Dave. Yes, I, th- I think we're going to know who the manager is before we play. Stoke on Wednesday. Let's not you say they'll be in place. I think we're going to make an early announcement. Wow. That's very interesting. Well, you've wow. put your neck on the line there with that comment. <laughs> Guys, Dave, are, really... you, um, are you basing that on something you've heard or is that a gut feeling? <laughs> Just a gut feeling. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I, it's interesting. I, I, I don't, like I say, I, I think it depends if we, how the results go. If we lose against Stoke, I think the bloke will be in next game. But uh, if we win it, don't know. Lansdowne will have a little dither. And the other thing about Holden is you've got to remember there's something that will appeal to Lansdowne is he's very, very, very cheap. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, guys, look, on Wednesday, uh, it's a five o'clock kickoff now. I don't know whether anybody noticed that. I think mm, uh, yeah. Johnny Kosh or whatever his pseudonym is on OTIB, uh, he put that up. Five o'clock kickoff. But let's do another one of these on um, Wednesday night after the game. It does enable us to watch the game a little bit uh, more are we are we are we happy with that that, that that it's better to do it after than during? What are, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, that's cool yeah, for me. We're, uh... Yeah, definitely for me because I'm on the uh, I'm on the delay, so I'm a minute behind everybody else. You are. That's what happens when you live down in Devon or wherever is you. Are. <laughs> Dave, thanks for your contribution. Dan, Peter, Ian, we'll wrap it up now. Whoever's on Twitter and what have you, I'll get it up there within the hour if you can tweet it and get the listeners up. Thanks to all those that have. Uh, tuned in as well uh, and for the positive comments so far so uh, have a good evening everybody and uh, the dream is still alive thanks a lot thanks Dave
Thanks, Thanks, Dave. All the best. Thanks everyone. Bye now. Bye bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.